Welcome back to Trends in Low Places, a comedic ex- exploration of the dumbest stories of the day. I'm one of your hosts, Mike Cushing. And I am the cake to his ice cream, Michael Howard. Now that's a tasty combo. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't mind having that in my mouth. <laughs> hey, buddy. How are you doing? Michael, do you, cake or pie? Um, so I've had this discussion with a lot of people. Um, Let's solve good, it right now. Good cake is amazing. Yeah. But like... Just normal. I would say if you're if you're just talking like uh, the best cake is probably better than the best pie, but I feel like the worst pie is better than the worst cake. I would agree with that. You've had some cake from my mom, and oh, yeah. I, in later days, my sister has mm-hmm. kind of taken over cake duties. Uh, it's called Miracles and Delight cake, and mm-hmm. it's pretty fucking good cake. Yeah, I, th- I think it stacks up against any pie you could throw at it. For sure, for sure, yeah. that is probably the best cake I've ever had. In my life, and that is not an exaggeration. Yeah, you heard it here first. Mm-hmm. Well, Michael, how you doing, bud? I heard you had a good night. I did, I did. I had, um, I'm in a really cool bowling league. Yeah. Um, and it was our last our last week uh, tonight. And, uh, you know, I don't want to toot my own horn, but uh, I bowled a 231. Uh, average Michael. 192 over the three games, and uh, basically single-handedly carried our team to victory. But, Michael, that's know. impressive. I I have a good day bowling if I break 100. <laughs> like, I'm very, very proud of myself if I break 100. So that's actually very impressive to me. Well, thank you, yeah. Um, you know, I'm, I, I have my own ball and shoes, like all the cool cool kids do. Did you get a custom ball? Like, Oh, yeah. Like Mystery Men style? <laughs> I mean, it's it's not like super custom, but it does have my nickname on it. Which is? Lil Money. <laughs> <laughs> you shithead. <laughs> Please explain. <laughs> uh, so back in the day when I used to go play basketball with my dad when I was like 12, I guess it's before before I actually got to play with him. I would go watch him play basketball, and they called him Money because he could shoot really well. Uh, yeah, so when he I have, shoot, I've seen you shoot. Did you inherit yeah. that from your father? Yeah, and so the very first time I got to play when I was like twelve or thirteen, I just stood out at the three point line and 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 drained shots because no one would guard me because I was twelve. Uh, and so they started calling me Little Money. That's so you're you were essentially Little Penny from the Sprite commercials. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Just yeah. raining threes from downtown. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, Michael, I'm in somehow even a less cool uh, <laughs> athletic league, a bocce league, Wednesday nights. Oh. Uh, yeah. I don't have a cool nickname, though. I'm going to have to work <laughs> on that one. I don't know. I don't know how one earns a, a nickname in a bocce league, but best believe I'm going to find out. I assume it's when the old people can't understand your name, and so they make one up for you. Yeah. Well, at this point, it's all like, you know, late 20s, 30-somethings, and for some reason... People still take uh, so I've I've played a very a variety of like you know drinking league sort of things. For some reason, people still take bocce seriously. Like I think there's eight eight or ten teams in the league, and like two of them are just really competitive and like sticklers for the rules. And I'm just like, how, I'm just here to get drunk. I don't know what y'all are doing. How do you take bocce seriously? Uh, you'd be surprised, friend, <laughs> because you know me, Kush. I am. Probably, well, in my older age, I've mellowed out, but I used to be one of the most competitive people for pretty much anything. You're what the kids would call an asshole. Exactly. Um, But yeah, no, bocce is not one of those things that I feel particularly competitive about. 
because it's just throwing a heavy ball at a smaller, lighter ball mm-hmm. and yeah. seeing who gets closer to that, that light yeah. ball. Yeah, it's a, it's a weird thing to get um really up in arms about, but somehow people find a way. But, <laughs> they uh, always do, don't they? Yeah, Michael, I got um. This is an odd segue, but have you ever played a game called Kerbal Space Program? I haven't. I've heard of it. Okay, so I think I went to go like download it one time, but then they tried to charge me money. Yeah, they're gonna charge you that sweet cash money mm-hmm. for sure. Um, but I will say it's worth your money if you are interested in space travel, because uh, it's all about. Uh, you know, basically you build a rocket and you have to do like calculations to get yourself off the ground and into orbit around like various objects, even, you know, mm. Mars, mm-hmm. the moon, whatever, what have you. Um, I only bring this up to say that I have miscalculated tonight's trajectory. <laughs> and, um, while I was waiting for you to get home from bowling league, I drank too much and, uh, you know, I, sh- I shot for the moon and wound yep. up, um, I wound up among the stars. Mm-hmm. So, so you over, just, you overshot you you missed your slingshot around the moon to come back. Yes, exactly. But here I am among the stars, just ready to spread some pearls of wisdom to you <laughs> and the galaxy, really. So I would say that I would go and download the Kerbal Space Program, mm-hmm. but as you guys know, it was my birthday on Tuesday. Yeah, happy birthday, um, bud! And I received a, a gift, which was the PlayStation VR. <gasps> um. And then I immediately left to go watch my sister graduate with her doctorate. So I have not been home since I opened my present. And I am sitting here staring at the box for the PlayStation VR and it is still unopened. What are you doing? Why aren't you playing Resident <laughs> Evil in virtual reality and pooping your pants on camera? I really, I really I really debated just asking you if we should just make this this entire show just me playing virtual reality and then talking about it. But... Michael, put that headset on. What are you even? Why is that a question? <laughs> Obviously, I will. I will make everyone here listen to you play virtually while I watch you with a headset on, and you just yell things. That's going to be our new reality. And, and I pee myself while things jump out at me in Resident Evil. Yes, Michael, we played that game on your couch, or you played mm-hmm. that game on your couch while I watched very drunkenly and very tiredly, mm-hmm. and I almost peed myself because i don't like scary things um just the first like 45 minutes of that game where you're just going through a creepy house and some crazy asshole like chops your hand off with a chainsaw oh yeah um Mm -hmm. i cannot imagine that in virtual reality i have to be honest with you i that would literally destroy me as a human being (laughs) and if that's our future i mean i'll get used to it but i'm not excited about it can i be honest uh yeah i'm re- I'm really excited about it so um i'll let you know i'll let you know i'll play it this week and and i'll i'll fill you guys in next week yeah please be on get on the webcam and just like you know i'll, I'll be on a google hangout with you and just watch you <laughs> pee and poop yourself mm-hmm. yep that will happen great well michael what's been going on in the old world of ours uh well i mean there's been a lot going on in the world of ours but not all that much I'd like to talk about. Yeah, none life. of it's none of it's good. Yeah, but I do have some some good stories from the the lesser known portals of the internet, if you will. Yes, I'm excited. Um, so <laughs> this is one that I think you're you're pretty excited about, based on my my short description I put in our show notes. 
We talked. Is this the one we talked about last week? Where it was either this one or the vegan strip club? Mm-hmm, yes. Yeah. Okay. I'm into. So it. I called it uh, no more front bottoms and wee wees. <laughs> oh, that's just yeah. That's just good. <laughs> so this comes from uh, across the pond in the UK. Mm-hmm. There is a campaign in this in this town for parents to start teaching their young children the correct name for genitals. Sure. Because, you know, they said that uh, it's very confusing, especially in school, when uh, people are using Winnie and Minnie and Willy Winky Foo Foo, front <laughs> bottoms, downstairs areas. Uh, <laughs> Please continue. Flower, front bottom, Winky, Wee Man. Um, Michael, continue. There have to be more. I think that's all I got for now <laughs> in this story. But... Uh, yeah, there's a campaign. There's a website where they're like, hey, it's very confusing when we're trying to teach the kids um, and we don't know whether they're talking about like a toy or the name of a stuffed animal or, you know, one of their private parts. So it'd be a lot easier if, you know, just like we would say, hey, that's your eye or that's your nose. We just say, hey, that's your penis. Yeah. That's your vagina. Standard like scientific biological mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Not, um, hey, that's your, your dilly-dally. <laughs> Did you have any interesting names for uh, for those things growing up, Kush? I'm trying to remember. I don't think I had... I mean, I know I didn't call... Because you went to Christian school, they just tell you that those were your evil evil bits and you should yeah, never look at them. Yeah, basically. Um, that was... Yeah, I, I do... This is slightly... It's tangential, but I remember I was driving to church one day... I don't remember specific words for, like, penis or vagina. Although, I remember, like, my mom saying that when she was a young girl, she they called vaginas sissies, which was really weird. Sissies? Um, yeah. Uh, huh. But I remember there was one day I was, we were driving to church in our sweet Dodge Caravan. It was white with, like, the wood <laughs> paneling on the side. Hell yeah. Uh, yeah, I remember that pretty pretty strongly. And I think I was, like, eight, maybe, and I said fart. And my mom turned around and hit me <laughs> and said, in this family, we say fluff, mister. <laughs> Which, like, seemed like such a weird thing to get up in arms about. But also, like, fluff is a really weird term to for a fart. Like, fluff? Um, yeah. Yeah, fluff. So, I'm sure I had a weird, like, terrible name for, like, you know, genitals, uh, both male and female growing up. I don't remember them at the moment. Uh, because again, I have landed among the stars. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it just, I never and- understand like the adherence to like, oh, they, they're too young to know about like a word that we don't yeah. want to hear. Like we don't hear kids say it. So we're just going to give them this like really weird ass like slang term that we either made up or like heard. Yeah. It's, it's very odd. Well, yeah. And it like, it- they're always like these weird baby talk names too. And it's like, do you really want your seven year old walking around being like, Oh, that's a hoo hoo. And that's a winky. Right. Actually, (laughs) that reminds me of a, that's a a ding ding. That's my cuckoo. A story I read a couple, um, a couple weeks ago. And I meant to bring up on this show actually, was that, so like when you're, when you're raising dogs, like puppies actually really respond well to baby talk and they appreciate it. But once once they become like maybe like eight or nine months, like they start to become dogs, mm-hmm. they don't respond to it, and they actually it makes them angry. <laughs> and I think the same thing probably holds true to to children because I was actually uh, one of our friends, Oded, sent me an article today just about how like humans and dogs have really co-evolved over the last like twenty six thousand years, and like we have yeah. a lot more in common than 
anyone really understands still. We're still trying to really understand that. But like, I think that same parallel holds true that like baby talk is great for babies. But as soon as it's like an actual human being, you just need to tell like you need to speak in plain language. You're like, it's a penis or a vagina. Right. Yeah. And actually, like, I don't know. I mean, I guess there's like conflicting stuff over that because I guess the the new thing is that you should talk to your your kid just in a normal voice for the mm-hmm. most part. I mean, maybe yeah. when they're like, you know, newborns or whatever. But like, if you want them to be able to talk like a normal person. Talk um, like a normal person. Right. They they need to see how you make words and how you sound out words and stuff like that. So in the process of looking up other names that people might have given told their kids for, Go I came on. across a message board that has some pretty good ones. Somebody said that they jokingly refer to their daughters uh, as a Pikachu. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> and which seems like Pikachu, a bad idea. The most popular Pokemon yeah. that everyone mm-hmm. wants to catch. Yep. My daughter's oh, hey. vagina. Hey, he grabbed my Pikachu. And you're like, oh no, what I don't know what I'm talking about anymore. I choose you. <laughs> um and apparently they said that their cousin's kid calls calls hers a nani. Um I've heard that before. Which is a little bit weird because apparently there's something called Tahitian Nani juice. No. Which is like a which is like a new uh one of those health craze things like the chia seed gross juices or whatever. Very gross. Um, there's there's Gwyneth Paltrow Yoni eggs. Yeah. yeah yoni That's eggs. even grosser. <laughs> On the one hand, like yeah, you, you you don't want your kid walking around saying like coochie coos or you know what, Michael? I'm going to be honest with you. I want my kid to be the kid in kindergarten cop that just stands up and just like, boys have a penis, girls have a vagina. I want that to be my boy, who honestly, he kind of looks like I do right now, which we were the same age when that movie came out. So, you know, <laughs> probably coincidence. But mm-hmm. yeah, no, that kid had it going on. That's, that's what I want my kid to be. Yeah, I mean, but on the other hand, like, it is kind of fun to have... When you're an adult, like when we talk about all this stuff on the show, we use a lot of slang terms Michael, for it. But that's just that's just good, plain fun. That's just good, plain fun. You know what else is good, plain fun? Hmm. Hearing a small child say like explicit things like vagina. Bu- yeah. Like hearing <laughs> hearing my nephew say vagina or penis or when he repeats his mother and says shit or fuck. That's a real. <laughs> oh, treat. my God. A kid's a. The kids swearing is the best. Kids swearing is a close second to kids getting fucking owned by yes. by like pets. If a kid swore as he was getting owned by a pet, that would basically yeah. be the pinnacle of comedy. I think. Like if a golden retriever just fucking train wrecked a kid and he just like shook himself off and stood up and said, fuck me. <laughs> I would probably die of joy. Just I, I, I would my soul would just go to heaven. My body, like my skeleton would fly out of my body and I would be gone. I would, I would disappear into dust. Oh, shit on my dick. <laughs> I just got wrecked me. by that doggy. You almost killed me. I almost died. Just hearing you, a 36 year old man, say that. Imagine. five, you fuck. Oh, uh, happy birthday. Imagine if a four year old said that, Michael. My, my soul would have been blasted into, into oblivion and I wouldn't have minded it one bit. <laughs> Michael, speaking of being blasted into oblivion, what do you know about uh, President Bill Clinton? Um, None of that segue didn't make sense. So <laughs> just roll with it. 
I, I actually had I actually had a good a good place to go from there, but I'm gonna, oh no no no, no. Uh, what, what what did you have on deck? Well, I was gonna say speaking of uh, who who's and what's it's yeah. Uh, apparently, this past weekend, I think I said was, I think I said ding dong when I was a di- kid. That just came back. Ding to me. dong. Yeah, I think who that always actually you know that always um that always messed with me because do you remember the hostess cakes? I think they were called King Dons at some point, but it, before that, they were called Ding Dongs. I think they're still called Ding Dongs. Really? Unless, did they rebrand recently? I, I don't know. I think it's one of those things where it's called different things, different places. That's but, dumb. But yeah, Ding Dongs always made me laugh when I was a kid. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of Ding Dongs. <laughs> yes, please. Go on. <laughs> Apparently, this past weekend was- That segue actually works for my story, too. <laughs> <laughs> but please continue. Uh, it was World Naked Gardening Day. Uh, man, that just sounds like a dangerous combo of pastimes. I mean, it kind of makes sense. I mean, when you're gardening, you like feel like you're one with the earth. Like, yeah. why are you? Why are you wearing clothes, man? Yeah, no, I get it. You're outside. You're really feeling nature. You're just like, mm-hmm. you know, you're tending to your garden. But there are also bees and power tools and spades <laughs> and also the sun i'll be honest, like i don't mind the a sun good, is a bad one that's that's the bad thing i don't mind a good tan i don't really want your penis tan i don't want sunburn on my hoo-hoo dilly if you will <laughs> because then when you put it in a cha-cha it's gonna hurt <laughs> more than normal well i Wait, just what? you know Maybe I'm going to send you something on the Slack real quick here. You know, click over to that and just just take a look and maybe it'll change your mind. Wait, are you sending me pictures of naked suntan gardeners? Because I don't <laughs> think I'm interested in this. <laughs> just just look at the, the top banner of this web page there. World Naked Gardening Day, first Saturday of May. All right, let me see. Let me see. Oh, that's some... That's a that's a wrinkled old man right there. Yep, let me just, tell you, just a lemon party all up in there. Can I, Michael? Have I ever told you about the time where I convinced? I think it was during the two thousand four election. Um, Did that you lemon, somebody that lemon party was an actual political party? I convinced two people that <laughs> lemon party was an actual political party, and I made them sit down on a bed together. It was two boys. Um, Wow, there's a lot of wrinkly people on this website. What am I telling you? <laughs> Ooh, boy. Well, environmental stewardship is important, Michael. Mm-hmm. But I'm, I'm sad we missed it. It was May 6th, to, uh, 2017. Yeah. I mean, unfortunately, I don't have a garden necessarily, but I, I suppose I could have gone out in my on my patio. Michael, can I read you a stuff? quote from Barbara Pollard of Abbey House Gardens about <laughs> about this day? I I'd be mad if you didn't. When you're out there with a gentle breeze on you, every last hair on your body feels it. You feel completely connected with the natural world in a way you can't just can't without your clothes. Yeah, I'm sold, actually. Yeah, I mean, now that she says it like that, I kind of just want to feel the natural world on my body. Just from every angle. I actually, you know, I actually don't mind being naked. Um, I, I'm getting more okay with it, because I used to be a pudgier gentleman in my day, Michael. And, uh, you know, dealing with my body, my own personal body shame issues. Like, yeah, I was, I did not care for it. But I, I, recently, I sort of like forced myself to just like, I'm going to walk around my house in a towel. <laughs> just like, 
I'm gonna be okay with this for ten minutes tops, and then I'll be okay. Man, there are people who just just are naked in their houses all the time. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh yeah, I sleep naked, and I'm just like, how do you how do you sleep naked? Yeah, no, like just just things like flopping everywhere. Like it just doesn't seem comfortable to me. It seems bad, and also yeah. I'll be I'll be honest, it's kind of weird. Like sometimes just be like. I've tried walking around in that state and like, shouldn't <laughs> just be like sweaty and like <laughs> nervous about it. And like, just the act of like putting on clothes makes me calmer. And like, I like, I stop sweating, which is really weird. Like, that's the whole point of like having clothes on. So you're like, yeah, it'll be a little bit more effort. You're not going to be happy. But like, I feel, I feel, it's, I'm, I'm in my safe space. It's like my dog, like Sora, if I take her collar off, she panics like a mofo. But as soon as her collar's on, she's very chill, does not care. That's You know, it was kind of funny because um whenever we take the dog's collars off, it usually means they're either getting a bath or they're getting like their flea medication. Exactly. On yeah. their neck. Um and so we and then when they're like running around without their collars, we joke. We're like, Oh, you're running around naked. Um my sister and her husband, they take off the their dog's collar right before bed. And so they call it putting putting her pajamas on when they take off the collar. But they're taking the pajamas off. Right, but they're taking the pajamas <laughs> off. But when they put that's the collar back on in the morning, right? they're that's, getting they're getting dressed. That's actually brilliant. Right? Now that I think about it as a dog owner, that's because like really every time I take Sora's collar off, she freaks the right. fuck out. Like it's Because only like, bad things happen then. Yeah. She's like, oh, I'm going in the shower. Or I'm like I don't know. Who knows what's gonna happen? Yeah. I'm gonna run out of the house and get lost and yeah. get caught by a dog catcher. Can I tell you about the time I, I tricked two of our friends into looking at oh, yes. Party.org? Oh, yes, yes, please do. Because, damn, I'm really proud of it. <laughs> <laughs> and so our friend Dave, who sent me the gnome, he's mm-hmm. probably he was all, he was probably cringing two minutes ago when we brought it up, but... Mm-hmm. Uh, he knew it was coming. Yeah, it's it's time. Um, So, for the uninitiated, LemonParty.org is a website... Where uh, the song, If You Want to Be Happy for the Rest of Your Life, will play, um, just on a loop. And uh, there's a static picture of three very older gentlemen, kind of in a daisy chain of blowjobs, if I have to. I guess that would be my best uh, description of it. And uh, so that's that's it. That's the whole site. Um but, uh, you know, it was, it was 2004. There was a lot of confusion around the election. People didn't know who to vote for. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, no, you know, no, sorry. It would have been 2008. It would have probably, so 2007, 2008. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of confusion about who to vote for. Uh, so, uh, people were, we have some lively debates in the, in the house we were living in. And, uh, I told my friend Matt, uh, who was kind of a, he's a kind of a weirdo. That there might be a uh, third party that he'd be interested in. And, uh, and I was like, you know what? You should probably vote independent this election. Check out LemonParty.org. Uh, and our, our friend Dave, who is um, sometimes an angry gentleman. Um, and we had a current prank war going when I lived with him. I told him that they should check out LemonParty.org because it's just a, they had a, a very nice, like, uh, you know, economic platform. Very appealing to independent the, voters. The, the planks, the planks that they have on their platform on their website are just perfect. Very, very firm planks. Very firm planks. Yeah. Um. So they walked in 
to uh, Matt's bedroom, sat down it, on the know, bed. You know, their their ideals might be a little easier to swallow. Yeah, for someone who's not who doesn't want to vote for one of the major parties. Then Barack Hussein Obama, exactly. For for example, you might um, be able to stomach it a little bit better. Yeah, it's you know it's. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. I don't even know. So anyway, um, the best part of this was that I told They're them They're bringing this. back jobs to America. The best part is I told them this. They went down and sat on Matt's bed. And because this was, you know, 2007, the internet wasn't great. So it took like a minute to load. Mm-hmm. So they're yeah. just sitting together, just hunched over this laptop, shoulders together. Uh, and uh, I just like hunched down the hallway just waiting for it and I just hear oh fuck and I just ran down the hallway <laughs> screaming in laughter and just joy that I, I beat them both <laughs> was there any retaliation oh yes multiple multiple rounds of retaliation Dave um 100% uh made my background uh some pretty disgusting porn mm-hmm. um there was so it was there was es- like there was escalation not just retaliation uh, there was unforgivable escalation yeah michael you've met our friend dave (laughs) you know what he's capable of mutually assured destruction yeah but he destroyed me michael can i talk to you about our 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 best friend president bill clinton yes yes well so one of the top trending topics on twitter today other than all the crazy just russia sally yates clapper oh god her bullshit sally yates shutting down Ted Cruz, pretty was, great. Was pretty great. It's like, way, don't don't come at a lawyer who's worked for the Department of Justice for twenty seven years with some constitutional bullshit. I've met Sally Yates' husband. He was oh, well. Yeah, I've worked with him. He can talk a lot. I like him a lot. But he homeboy can talk. But she's pretty fucking great. And mm-hmm. whatever, I'll I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> but uh, buried beneath all that stuff, apparently, former president. William Jefferson Clinton and uh, James Patterson are collaborating on a novel called The President is Missing, uh, which is just going to be about uh, a unique (laughs) alchemy of intrigue, suspense, and behind-the-scenes global drama from the highest corridors of power uh, when the president goes missing. Ooh. Say what now? Yeah. James James Patterson. James Patterson. Goes missing. the, The author. Is collaborating with William Jefferson Clinton. Yep. On a book. On a book. Hmm. Hmm. And so this is a quote. See, I would have thought that Daniel Steele would have been a more apt partner for Bill Clinton novel. <laughs> so that's what I'm really. I want to talk about this. What, what is this book going to be? I want to know so badly. Um. So it's. Oh my god. Um. So. The quote is, this is a blockbuster collaboration between two best-selling authors, and the pages we've read to date are riveting, full of intricate plotting and detail. This is a book that promises to entertain and delight millions of readers around the world, and we are thrilled to be working on it together and with our esteemed house of supporting us. So, I really want to know, like, the the push and pull between, like, Patterson being like, it's going to be this sick mystery novel, and and Clinton being like, (laughs) okay, yeah, but I got to fuck a secretary. Right. But there's not enough sex scenes in this in this book. It so also what makes if, me wonder, what if like, the president was James Bond. <laughs> well, it makes me wonder, like, if Hillary Clinton had won the election, does this book still happen? Still happen? I would have to guess not. I would have to guess probably not. 
but maybe. <laughs> the thought of the first husband collaborating it with on like a with mystery James Patterson on a mystery novel, yeah. But like, still just being like, but he fucks though. <laughs> this bro fucks. This president fucks. This president. <laughs> and it also makes me like James Patterson's most recent novels have been a series of, like, young adult fantasy novels called Maximum Ride about, like, teenagers who are in a secret government facility that, like, get, that are, like, bird-human hybrid. Basically, they're anamorphs. What in the fuck are you talking about? Wait, James Patterson is writing young adult fiction? I have to believe that this is a very, very much ghostwriter situation because... Okay. James say, doesn't he write, I thought he wrote, like, like, John Grisham type shit. Yeah, you'd think so. He also has nine current books on Maximum Ride, which are about children who were tested by the uh, tested on by the government to become bird human bird human hybrids, hybrids. Be, to become anamorphs essentially. Yes. Okay, um, I don't sure. know anything about them. I have to assume he did not write a single fucking word of those no. books. No, but maybe he did. <laughs> and if he did, I fucking want to read this book about. Presidents and bird people. Yes, That's there needs the, to be a crossover. The president is missing, and the bird-human hybrid teenagers have to save him. Michael, at this point, all I want to read is a book about President William Jefferson Clinton playing the saxophone, <laughs> fucking bird people, and just, like, them saving the world. That's all I want. What would you call that book? Oh, boy. Wings of Fury? Ooh. Yeah. No. On, yeah. on the wings of love? On the, oh, sorry. <laughs> on the wings of love. Done. Yes. Can you imagine? Like, what is this book going to be? Uh, probably terrible. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, obviously. But. Speaking of which, have you seen, have you seen W's art? <laughs> I have seen W's art. It's kind of, it, like, I like it. It's passable. Yeah. But it's also like, no. Uh, it's not great. I mean, he's obviously like, he's not a, like a talented, like, I mean, like, <laughs> he's better than I am. I'll say that. Well, for like, sure. Yeah. No, I could not do it. But I kind of fucking like the thought of presidents express, like, ex presidents expressing themselves artistically. Like, and I will say he's gotten a lot better. Like, I appreciate W's art. Like, he's gotten better. I am fascinated by what Bill Clinton is going to do. Like, I'm surprised it's taken him this long to express himself artistically other than the saxophone. I do appreciate that W is doing something different. Like, he's not just out on the speaking circuit and he's doing a book of, you know, his memoirs or whatever. He's like, I'm going to I'm going to paint some shit. And I'm yeah. going to paint some shit. I'm going to give it away to people as gifts as yeah. if it were like good. <laughs> I mean, he does it for a good cause. I, I, I think a lot of like whatever he sells it for in quotes like goes to you know veterans groups which is uh, the least he could do yeah. um yeah i mean you know but yeah, not as much as I, I did not like w when he was in office i appreciate him i guess as an ex-president but i'm not a huge fan <laughs> but i still i'm very i i would also now i just want every i want carter to write like a mystery novel i want I want W to write, like, romance novels. I want to know what's in their head. Like, give me, like, yeah. the most depraved shit. I want a president who does, like, interpretive dance as an outlet. Mm-hmm. Or, like, 
Maybe like joins a theater troupe. Ooh, improv. I want a president who does improv. I'll be honest with you. If if B Rock starts doing improv, now that he's gotten his like illicit four hundred grand from Wall Street oh, and then yeah. donated two million dollars to after school programs in Chicago, what a dick. Yeah, you know, that asshole. I would watch Barack Obama do improv. Cause <laughs> That guy, like, I mean, obviously his jokes were written for him, but, like, his White House Correspondents' Dinner, like, delivery is, he has such incredible comedic timing, it's not yep. even funny. Yeah, like, no. that guy is solid. Mm-hmm. Like, I would watch him, I would watch him do, like, a solid, like, a tight ten minutes of, of stand-up, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> I'll give him a tight ten, and that's it. Tight ten. A tight 10. I want to watch him on a Comedy Central special, but not like his own special. Like one of those ones where there's like the four different people that come out. Right. Yeah. Or if he just, I mean, if Key and Peele were still around and he just showed up as Barack oh, Obama shit, and like that he been had, so good. he had like Luther, the angry like interpreter on there. Mm-hmm. Like that would have been pretty good. Yeah. All right, Michael, what else you got for us? Let me take a. Uh, Look, see. Someone drag racing outside your apartment? Yeah. Dang, dog. I actually live in, live in the Fast and the Furious universe now. <gasps> Michael, that just reminds So, I can talk about that real quick. So, our friend Kyle was just texting me this uh, this evening that he was out at some... Uh, so, Atlanta obviously has a lot of movies being mm-hmm. filmed in uh, the city limits. And uh, there are a lot of film events going on. And our friend well, Kyle... Well, it's because all the natural disasters just occur naturally there like every day so so michael i mentioned just point a camera at a sinkhole and see what happens uh spoiler alert segue uh because i mentioned this the uh, sinkhole outside my uh, office building last week or two weeks ago Mm -hmm. um so that started as a two foot wide maybe circle in the like a hole in the uh concrete Mm -hmm. it has turned into a 20 foot deep uh, probably 300 square foot hole in the ground, mm. uh, that they've had mm. to do a right angle in the street around a parking garage, uh, <laughs> which I don't really want to park in my parking garage anymore. Um, things have not gone well for, uh, for my street lately. So yeah, I don't, it's a bad place to be, Michael. Mm. I, don't I don't know. But you but have movie stars. Movie stars. Galore. So, our mm. friend Kyle was out at an event tonight, and he met a uh, guy who is apparently a producer on Fate of the Furious. Okay. And has also okay. had a uh, producing credit on the new 24 show, and he's working very hard to be this man's best friend. Yep. And uh, I will do everything in my power to become best friends with him as well. Yep. Because I will pay lots of monies to be an extra. I would pay any price to be an extra in Fast 9. I Yeah, I would pay a lot of money to just have Jason Statham just punch me in the sternum. Yeah. No, just fucking wreck me, Jason yeah. Statham. I don't care. I don't even need a stuntman or anything. Just fucking punch me as hard as you can. Put it on film. Yeah. Like, you don't, you don't even have to pull your punch. Like, no. you know, miss me. No, just fucking connect one time. I'll sell it because I'll die. I will literally, you'll <laughs> literally you will have killed me. <laughs> you'll, you'll have literally murdered me. <laughs> oh, what a world to be in. Mm-hmm. So look for us in, uh, Fast Nine. <laughs> Fast Nine. Statham's Revenge. <laughs> I'm done with my drink now.
Birds of Paradise? <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm, I'm still thinking of, of uh, bird hybrid humans crossed with the president missing novels. Ooh, okay. Um, uh, Birds of Prayer Breakfast. <laughs> let's see we can we can keep going take gander at my goose <laughs> <laughs> that's about a trade war with with a canada flock of bjs Ooh, now that's a bill clinton that's a bill clinton special right there all the president's birds yeah, you killed that one. You nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> you did it. On the West Wings of Love. On the West Wings of Love. love. Okay, Secret Purvis. There's something like there's something about birds. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, no, yeah. Hold on, I got it. The Secret Birdsvis. <laughs> okay. Michael, what do you got for me? I can't think of any more bird pun. Yeah, me neither. I'll get that. Um, it, it's going to come to me in like the middle of every other joke you tell. <laughs> That's fine. I think if we just, we'll just throw in bird puns just for the rest of the episode. As they come to your head, just, just spit them out. Yep. Um, so you know how we talked about the terrible, terrible genes with the, with the, the plastic in them, the plastic in, in them. Yep. Well, uh, have you seen these Nordstrom jeans that they're selling for $425 No, that are but covered I, in dirt, fake I, mud? I haven't, but I do have a pretty hard limit on jean price tags at around $60 tops, and that took me a very long time to get to that price tag, so this is just dirty jeans? Just dirty jeans. For dirty. $425, you say? Yep. Yeah, they, they, it looks like you've already been out in the in the dirt. Maybe doing some gardening in your jeans. You didn't uh, get naked. So Nordstrom is selling jeans covered in fake dirt. They covered $425. Um, Michael, as someone who has worked in the goddamn dirt and become very <laughs> dirty, one, you don't wear jeans when you're fucking working in the dirt. Unless no. you absolutely have to. Uh, which You gotta uh, wear to- some dickies or something, you know? To be fair, I did grow up in South Florida working in the dirt for my father's pool business, uh, and it was 103 degrees on the average summer day where he had me working for $7 an hour. Little <laughs> treat. Um, so jeans would have literally killed me, but um, at no point did I want to pay for that look that I always had, which was... Oh my god, I'm dying. Please someone take me to Burger King with my my good good friends in my truck. Like all I wanted to do every day was to go to Burger King and get a 40 ounce Coca-Cola classic. All right. A- well, since you're clearly opposed to having dirty jeans. Yes. What about just clear plastic jeans? Just just clear just, just plastic all clear. jeans. Just all plastic from so Top just- Shop. Just plastic pants is what Just you're saying. Just plastic pants, but they're 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 cut like jeans. So all the all the all the protection of jeans <laughs> and triple the heat like retention. Yes. And all the sweat retention. But these are a bargain at a hundred dollars. Just visqueen. <laughs> Just sure Okay. Okay, this girl's this girl's legs are just polygons. It looks like 
like Sega Dreamcast graphics on her <laughs> legs. They're just <laughs> just random polygons. Just yeah, I know she's definitely having a good time. All right, so uh, <laughs> the the question though is, if you had to choose one, would you pick fake dirty jeans? I I would choose fake dirty jeans for four hundred twenty five dollars over plastic over pants. plastic jeans for hundred dollars. What what are the do I have to wear them every day or like just once? <laughs> Um, no, I mean, they're like, you know, once a week, maybe. (laughs) Shit, once a week. Um, Well, I'm just saying, like, a normal pair of jeans you can wear, like, basically every day. Yeah, I definitely Right, but you can't really get away with wearing plastic, plastic jeans every day. I don't think. No, People would notice. They wouldn't be like, oh, that guy has seven pairs of plastic jeans. And they'd also be in the way, be like, oh, that asshole is wearing plastic pants? Is he, why is he in this business meeting? Here's a better question. All those places that you go to where they say that you have to have pants, like long pants instead of shorts or, or, yeah. or whatever. Uh, sorry, this do is these co- count? These are my cocktail casual <laughs> visqueen pants. <laughs> Surprised you didn't know that. I also have my visqueen blazer. Um, yeah, no, this is uh, just a, a horrible trend, Michael, and I don't care for it. Um I also just like, why would you want to wear plastic on your body? Like, there's no temperature at which trapping yourself in a non-breathable material feels like a good time. I mean, maybe if you're a high school wrestler and you're trying to get down to your weight, you know, they like they like wrap themselves in plastic and go yeah, running. And like stuff. this just reminds me of like Family Matters, where like you know, like Carl wraps his son in like trash bags and makes him run behind the car. But the thing is, with plastic, like, you're still going to be, there's no heat retention. You're going to sweat, but still be very cold. Like, you're not getting any of the benefit. It's just a bad deal for everybody involved. So what you're saying is that you're not up on high fashion. No, I am not. I am. If anything should be evident about me from the get-go, I have no (laughs) fashion sense or really knowledge about what, what works. Tim Gunn would look at me and laugh. He would throw me out of his, his studio, his house, wherever wherever Tim Gunn happened to be, he would throw me out of that <laughs> he room. He would just throw you out. You'd be at a restaurant, he would just walk in, and he would look at you and be like, I'm not eating here with him. Get him the fuck out. Yeah, he just like, I can't make that work, and would just physically body slam me out of whatever room I'm in. And you'd be like, yeah, I deserve that. Yeah. Uh, he wouldn't even have to have body slammed me, but I would let him. I would have wa- I would have walked out, but I would have let I would let Tim Gunn physically destroy me to get me out of the, whatever room I'm in. The mental image of Tim Gunn just picking you up and just throwing you through a table at a restaurant is Michael D- delicious. Don't, th- don't think he can't. That man is a jujitsu wizard. I bet. I know. I mean, he's got to be around people with needles and crochet accoutrement nonstop. <laughs> I think they crochet. Who knows? <laughs> I don't think they're crocheting. Tim Gunn is the most dangerous human on the planet. Okay? <laughs> I'm just going to go ahead and say he's that. He's actually the next Fast and the Furious villain. Yeah. Tim Gunn. Yeah. Like, make it work. I'm make Tim it Gunn. work. <laughs> you know what? Did you see Charlize Theron's dreads in okay, that movie? He would, that's, he's, he's definitely Do you see how, okay how tight and intricately knit they were? <laughs> Tim Gunn, Tim Gunn fucking crocheted Charlize <laughs> Theron's <laughs> super weird white lady dreads in that movie. He's the ring. He's the ringleader of Charlize Theron's gang. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it yeah. makes perfect sense now. Yeah, it's no wonder she made it work so good. Yeah, 
She just fucking Tim Gunn just <laughs> took he he ripped that family apart. I don't mind telling you. <laughs> Michael Michael, what would you do if you discovered a dead body in your RV that you were driving to a bachelor party at the Kentucky Derby? <laughs> I don't want to talk about Tim Gunn killing people more, but I can't. <laughs> I would light it on fire and drive it into a cliff and you'd never see me again. Oh wait, did I? <laughs> did so, I kill the so body? If you, if you found a if you found a dead body, you didn't cause a dead body. If you just found a dead body, you would also destroy the evidence. I don't I don't trust our judicial judicial judi- words. Judicial system. Yeah, you nailed it. I don't I don't trust our I don't I don't trust the police. I don't trust the popo. Not not to uh, pin that on me. Um, well, Michael. Anyway, there's a story on Deadspin. Uh, a trip to the Kentucky Derby. Uh, some gentlemen, eleven of them, somehow were in one RV driving to uh to Kentucky, and they uh they walked into their uh RV from from Minnesota. They were driving down, and uh, they noticed a uh, pretty strong smell as soon as one of the guys opened a a compartment and sat down on a seat. And, uh, noticed an odd odor. And as soon as they opened, they started opening up containers in the, in the RV, discovered a dead body. Like a human dead body? A human dead body. Mm. Mm. And uh, they, uh, mm. 11 dudes, uh, so they contacted the police who apparently initially suspected them, but then realized they were. See? See? Yeah. See? Realized they were pretty much instantly innocent. Um,. <laughs> Apparently, the RV's owner had warned them that two of the compartments near the front do not work and should not be open. <laughs> so he just he just thought that you know the smell wasn't going to. It's gonna be fine. Cause an issue. There's no. I don't have a follow up story because this was just from like a day or two ago. But like, it definitely sounds like this RV owner stashed a dead body in the thing <laughs> and then rented and then, out like, his RV because he really needed to get that lease paid for. But like. <laughs> Tried to frame a murder on like, oh, my guest must have killed somebody in this thing. I'm just yeah. saying, like, if I found a dead body and I was on a bachelor party, you don't want to ruin the bachelor party. I mean. Yeah. So. You got to keep going. Just, just get keep rid driving. of that shit. You know? Yeah, just throw it out the window and keep yeah. going. <laughs> just keep going. Call the cops and be like, hey, there's a dead body. We threw it out the window. It's cool. No big deal. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I have two things. One, I'm gonna I'll start with the easiest one. Apparently, Plan B for the bachelor party was to watch a Minnesota Wild hockey game, and then they would check out the Kentucky Derby, which is their initial goal mm-hmm. from Canterbury Park in Minnesota, and then they would go to a horse track and casino in Shakopee, Minnesota. Which, all things considered, sounds like a pretty bad bachelor party. So wait, they I'm drove. Like, uh, they went to a Minnesota Wild game. In Minnesota, then drove all the way to the Kentucky Derby, then drove back to Minnesota. No, no, to no, no, no. That was that was Plan B. Oh, they, okay. Since they could not drive to Kentucky to watch the Derby, they went because they the didn't wild. have an RV anymore. Because it was now a dead body. It was impounded because of murder. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, so Michael, I want to tell you about something that has haunted me for most of my adult life. Is it Tim Gunn? Killing it's you? not. It's, <laughs> It's not Tim Gunn slowly and fashionably murdering me. No. Um, 
So my father apparently had a tremendous bachelor party. Yes, two can. That's <laughs> that's really good. Damn, nice work. Yeah. All right, sorry, go ahead. No, no, no that was strong work. So my father apparently had a tremendous bachelor party. Uh, by all accounts, it was thrown by a low-level mobster in New Jersey. <laughs> uh, my dad apparently stopped drinking after it, for the most part. Just does not touch alcohol after it. Um, so a successful bachelor party, then. To a T, was a yeah. very successful bachelor party. <laughs> um, my dad will not talk about it in any way, shape, or form. Apparently, my uncle will not talk about it in any way, shape, or form. Everyone involved has been sworn to secrecy. The one thing, whenever I ask my dad about it, he says, have you seen Bachelor Party with Tom Hanks? And I, I say, well, one, Michael, watch that film. It's about an insane Bachelor Party. To that, I say, yes, father, I have seen that movie. And he's like, well, that was pretty fucking tame. And Michael, to be fair, in that movie, there's a donkey involved <laughs> in a hotel room. Yeah. So, uh, huh. I just want to know, for for fucking years, there's not much about my father. Like, he he's a closed book in so many, many ways. All I want to know about him, it's the one secret I really need to know, my brother and I need to know, is what the fuck happened at his bachelor party. You need to convince him to, like, write it all out and put it in an envelope and give it to, like, a lawyer. That, like, it can only be unsealed after everyone who was involved in the bachelor party has died. It's cute that you think I haven't thought of that. <laughs> <laughs> he won't agree to it? He, I mean, he, he just laughs at me. Every, anytime I bring it up, he just laughs at me. I mean, the statute of limitations has got to be up for most things they could have done. Other than party. murder. Other, other than, than murder. murder. Yeah, <laughs> it's done. So I just, I just want to know. I really do. I'm, I'm hoping against hope that. Unlike everything else, he's planned for retirement and, like, you know, end of life that he'll at least tell me what happened at his fucking bachelor party. I want to know that. <laughs> nope. You're never going to know. It's like the like the JFK files. Oh, man. Yeah, I know. And it's just, like, it's that there was mystery. A, there was like, a second bachelor on the grassy knoll. It's the thing. Like, you never really know your parents, you know? Like, mm -hmm. I've... Every year I learn something new about my parents, especially my dad, like my mom, like it just like I got my dad a, a Christmas present of like books that he read as a kid, like, you know, 50 years ago, 60 years ago. And he broke down crying because I got him the full set of these like sports books that he read. And he like told me the story about his dad that I, like he had never told me. And I was just like, OK, that's great. I like I really like I I was crying with my dad on Christmas Day like hearing the story, but then all I thought was like, okay, now tell me your deepest darkest <laughs> secret. What did you do at your bachelor party? Who did that mob boss kill? How many hookers died? I want to know everything. Please tell me. And nothing. It's nothing at all. You know that would actually be pretty great to uh, to do to your kids is like just make up some very like vague details of a story and just be like i can't ever tell you what happened even well, though like it? maybe something maybe nothing happened so this is no joke at maybe at just my fucking with you at my cousin's wedding like th yeah four or five years ago he enlisted a friend of his who had like grown up with him in high school like just this woman who like 
quote unquote knew about his bachelor party <laughs> to like fuck with me and my brother and like drop hints to us throughout the night <laughs> and like and like it was all like really plausible like she like she told us stuff that was like your dad is running the longest fucking con right? on you ever. Exactly. Like it was Google. It was like stuff that was Googleable. Like she's like, oh yeah, we went. They went. I heard they went to some bar underneath the train tracks outside of like Bergen, <laughs> New Jersey, and like that fucking existed. Like it was like a bar that like hangs down from the train tracks. So, like we Google. They were like, oh shit, it's happening. We were finally on the trail, and like, we're, like we did all this like. Like, literally, it was my cousin's wedding. We didn't hang out. We didn't dance. We didn't, like, do anything fun. We were Googling, like, clues about my dad's bachelor party. You need to make a, like, making a murderer type documentary show about you guys hunting for the truth about your dad's bachelor party. Making a bachelor. Can I say this, Michael? The Cushing story. I, I don't know if I can handle the truth. But it would make... It would make great TV. I mean, this is this is great. Yeah, like... All right, now we're no longer Trends in Low Places. We're a serial-style style podcast where we interview all of the principals involved with your dad's bachelor party. We're a prestige, we're a prestige <laughs> podcast. Just... Yeah. All right, yeah. Michael, I gotta be honest with you. I want nothing more than to <laughs> unveil the truth behind my dad's bachelor party. At this point, I don't really even care if they went to, like, a Chuck E. Cheese's. In like 1975, I don't I care. <laughs> I want. I don't know if that existed back then. But he's I just gonna know. on his deathbed. He's gonna hand you an envelope that has pictures of his bachelor party, and it's just gonna be him just covered in tickets from Chuck E. Cheese, and like just buying a shit ton of candy. <laughs> just tickets, buying a shit ton of candy, and like weird like plastic puppets on his fingers, <laughs> just like like monsters. Like I bought all of these. <laughs> Look at these ten spiders. <laughs> And then in the background, a dead hooker. Mm -hmm. <laughs> a dead hooker on a mountain of cocaine. <laughs> a stolen skee-ball machine. Dead hooker in a mountain of cocaine. I gotta tell you, I, I really hope that turns out to be the truth. <laughs> Alright, Michael, I'm gonna close this out real quick. Um, if you ever found out that your wife, Rachel, was cheating on you, what would you do? Oh, that's a good question. Um, what kind of what kind of revenge would you take? Would it be like psychological, financial? Like, would you do something weird? Like, what what would you do? I mean, it would have to be something psychological. Yeah, because like, because Rachel earns more money than you. Yeah, do. I mean, like, I couldn't really do <laughs> anything financially unless I just stole everything that we had and then like took off. Right, you you bought the SS not for Rachel. Like, does she know? Does she know that I know? Is the question. I don't think so. No. If she doesn't know that I know, then I'm definitely coming up with some good ways to like fuck with her and the dude she's cheating on me with. Okay. Well, Michael, would you ever consider just before you before you respond, just really think about it. <laughs> just think about it. All right. If you found out that you're dearly beloved. You you've vowed your life to was cheating on you. Mm -hmm. Would you eat nine thousand dollars? <laughs> are we talking? Your... Are we talking singles, hundreds, twenties? Like you what, know, are we, what are we talking about? The picture in the article says hundreds, which isn't you know all things considered not that okay. much. Okay, I'm gonna I say would I'll maybe... say twenty. I'm gonna say twenties. You got to eat nine thousand dollars in twenties. Can I just? <laughs> 
can I just buy $9,000 worth of Stan's donuts and then kill myself on those? No, you have to eat that paper linen money. You have <laughs> I to don't eat think that. I would do that. No, Michael, you got to shred it up and put some tomato sauce on it and just maybe some mozzarella cheese and just go to town. All right. All right. Now we're talking. If I get to mix other stuff, if I don't have to eat it dry, then yeah. No, no. Okay. You, can eat, you can eat that linen money. Okay. With whatever way you want. But would if you, you eat? If you eat money like whole, would it come out of you whole? Or would the acid in your stomach like eat it away? I'm pretty sure the acid in your tummy would eat most. I mean, it's linen. It's not going to hold up to a lot of. A lot of stress. It probably, you know, you probably wouldn't be totally broken down, but yeah, you'd be fine. I'm just thinking, like, I'm gonna say this: it probably wouldn't be the easiest shit you've ever taken, but yeah, yeah. You'd, you'd I'm just thinking if there was done. some way to like eat it and then poop it out and then give it back to her without her realizing that it had been through my bee hole, like that would be pretty good revenge. Well, Michael, now now that I'm reading the article all the way through. I have some conflicting uh, information. <laughs> so apparently, the uh, the wife who did this, so she ate seven thousand pounds of life savings, so about nine thousand dollars, to spite her cheating husband. Um, so she ate a roll, multiple rolls of hundred dollar bills. Um, so she discovered it. She demanded half of it, and then uh, she'd eaten them, and then. Uh, some extra rolls of money were found in her intestines, which had advanced to the colon. So she had not entirely digested all the money because she ate them in rolls for some fucking reason. Well, I'll say uh, some like some money, especially in Europe, is like it's very plasticky. It's not they, just these. Linen. She did eat dollar bills. They were dollar bills? they were American oh. dollar bills. Okay. Um. So so apparently. A significant portion of them did dissolve in her in in the tummy, but most but most of the dollar bills were in good condition and uh, were passed through to her intestines, where where they had to be surgically removed and not passed by her. her hmm. Yeah. So I'd have to have surgery on top of eating all the monies. Well, no, you could eat them in a you could eat them in an intelligent way. Again, if you shredded them. And ate them with maybe some sauce and well, cheese. Like, could I just could I fine. just use uh, an eel to just like go up there and get it? No, Michael. Because I do me. have bad news for you that that eel story that we talked about. Um, you shared that article with me earlier. That eel did have to be surgically removed, <laughs> and apparently was still alive when they took it out. Uh, yeah, but, which, but we've already been over this. That was a that was that was the wrong eel. It was a very big eel. It was a, a bad much eel. Smaller eel. If you got a smaller eel that like just ate linen and like money, then maybe I think you might be onto something. Because like if it was maybe a ten inch eel, half the size of the other <laughs> one. Damn it, Michael. We didn't even talk about the girl who got a, a vibrator stuck up her butt. Oh yeah. We really blew it. That we we really blew it on this show. Yeah, but but owl office. That's, the Owl Office. Damn it. Yeah, Michael. Damn, that's pretty good. <laughs> that's, yeah, you did it. Did you Google that? That's pretty good. That's that's pretty good. <gasps> the eagle has landed. Oh, yeah. That's, yeah, now we're talking. Mm-hmm. Crowville Office? No. Anyway, <laughs> Michael, I think that's going to do it for us on Trends in Low Places. I, I've had a great night. Um... I should probably drink less before these shows, 
Um, but Michael, um, if people want to find us, I think they can go ahead and uh, go to goodbuddymedia.com. Uh, I will put up, I swear to God, I'm going to put up blogs for these episodes. <laughs> Fuck me. Uh, we also have another show uh, called The Longest Days of Our Lives where me, Michael, and our buddy Curtis watch every episode of 24. We are about to come back with a vengeance in a big way because Jack Bauer is currently sitting in a parking lot just talking to his wife and we are going to go ham on that episode. So you can find that out on uh, goodbuddymedia.com or longestdaysofourlives.poppy.com. And Michael, how else can people find us? Uh, you can find us on Twitter and Facebook uh, at TILPcast. Um, you can also find um, Mike and I on Twitter and Facebook mm-hmm. um, if you search our names. Uh, which is pretty easy. Mike Cushing and Michael Howard. Um, and like Cush said, you can find us on Podbean. Um, you can find us at uh, trendsinlowplaces.podbean.com. Um, and you can find us on iTunes and Stitcher and all your other favorite podcast apps. Um, and when you do find us, uh, like us and rate us. Um, that's how we how we get more, I guess, exposure to people outside of our our small friend groups. Um, and become a a worldwide phenomenon that, uh, obviously we should be. Yeah. And I want to, I want to go ahead and thank some of the people who have listened to us from Cast Crunch. Uh, We've started sharing there recently and we've gotten a whole mess of listeners on those. So thank you to everyone who's found us via that. And, uh, I just got done reading a trilogy called The Bird Supremacy. So if anyone wants to share us with their friends or, their worst enemies, please feel free. But Michael, I hope you had a great night. It's been great talking to you. It's been great talking to you too, buddy. Love you. Love you too, pal. Toodles.